The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Cruise Radio. I cruise a lot, and I always sail with travel insurance. You should, too. Get a free quote today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. My name is Doug Parker. A review of Margaritaville at Sea Paradise, Jimmy Buffett's cruise ship, or the late Jimmy Buffett's cruise ship, I should say. Uh, Tommy Casabona just got back from a two-night sailing last week, and he's here to talk all about his little two-night jaunt over to Freeport and back. As always, staff writer Richard Sims is here with Cruise News, jumping right to him. Hey, Richard. Hey, Doug Parker. So one cruise line is denying that a dual outbreak happened on one of their ships. I don't want to say that this is a situation where the media exaggerated what was happening on a cruise, but this was a situation where the media exaggerated what was happening on a cruise. Reports surfaced that the Grand Princess, which was sailing out of Australia, had a quote-unquote dual outbreak, if you will, of both neurovirus and COVID-19. The cruise line said, hey, we don't have a dual outbreak. But at the same time, they kind of acknowledged that, quote, a number, unquote, of passengers had reported to the medical center with various symptoms. The ship was given a really thorough cleaning after the guests departed, and during the next sailing, she got another thorough cleaning while they were in a port, just as, you know, a precaution. We love to hear the phrase, an abundance of caution. Ultimately, the Australian Health Department said that the outbreak was over and that a few cases of neuro or viral neuro or COVID on board were consistent with the numbers you would expect to find on any cruise these days. So at the end of the day, everything everybody said was true and nothing anybody said was fully accurate because, you know, there was sort of an outbreak on board and there was COVID and neuro. So I guess you could call it a dual outbreak, but it wasn't, you know, what you think of as a big outbreak. It was, you know, what we get these days. You go on any cruise these days and the Facebook group afterwards, there's always going to be a couple of people like, yep, I came home with COVID. That's just the world we live in now. You get it at the grocery store too. So it wasn't a big deal. And it certainly, even the Department of Health signed off on it as being completely normal, despite what media reports might have led people to believe. So Carnival Panorama is docked for a little while, but docked for a little longer than anticipated. Yeah, regular listeners will recall that um, when that we reported a while ago that Panorama was having some issues. They missed two out of their three port calls because of, of a propulsion issue that majorly impacted the speed at which it could sail. At the time, I said that while the ship wasn't scheduled to go into dry dock until early 2024, I was pretty sure they were going to bump up that timeline. And sure enough, on November 11th, Carnival took the Panorama out of service, which meant they had to cancel several sailings. The ship isn't expected to return to service now until December 9th. If you look at the calendar, you'll see that means that some folks who plan to spend Thanksgiving on board the Panorama have had their trips canceled. And I always feel bad when that happens because a lot of 
planning goes into um, – not everybody's, obviously, but a lot of people plan their Thanksgiving vacation. I was on a Thanksgiving cruise a few years ago, and one of the families on board had 15 people who had coordinated from all around the country to all come together and be on a ship. So, you know, you know that this is a special time for a lot of families, and to know that they had their trip canceled is kind of a bummer. So I definitely feel bad for those people. But uh, – Guests are getting a full refund and their travel expenses covered. Plus, they'll also receive a future cruise credit of between 50 and 100%. The people who are getting 100% are on the first two cruises that were canceled. So that's the one that was immediately like on like the 11th, I think it was, and then also on the 18th because those were so last minute. Those people are getting 100%. The people on the other two cruises that will be canceled are getting a 50% Uh, future cruise credit. And a cruise passenger passed away on Tuesday after an accident in Nassau. Sadly, the incident happened in the Bahamas on an excursion to the Blue Lagoon. That's a really popular excursion sold by all the cruise lines involving um, basically a double-decker ferry boat that shuttles people to the Blue Lagoon Island where they can swim with dolphins and snorkel and that kind of thing. In this case, the boat was hit by two waves during some rough weather, and it took on water and started to sink. The boat didn't fully sink because it was in the relatively shallow water that's near the island. But it was no doubt a terrifying experience for the passengers on that ferry boat, and it proved fatal for one 75-year-old Royal Caribbean passenger. Uh, There's no official word on the cause of her death, but... Obviously, our hearts go out to her and to the various people who were um, traveling with her and impacted by this. On Monday, a man was reported missing aboard Carnival Glory. On Tuesday, the story actually unfolded. Yeah, so the Carnival Glory was um, sailing uh, and the guy was reported missing. It was a 28-year-old. As happens, a search was conducted of the ship after, you know, his friends or family told them, you know, we haven't seen him for a while. And they searched the surrounding waters as well, but he wasn't located. The Coast Guard was then notified, and a search took place, which covered 200 miles. Now, that's a really big body of water to search. And it's, you know, a little bit larger than what we normally hear about them searching. But that's because there was no real idea at that point what time he had gone over or where the ship was when he went over, let alone where the currents might have, you know, drifted him to. So the search was pretty far reaching. Eventually, security footage showed that the young guy had climbed onto a lifeboat and then jumped apparently off at around 1.40 in the morning. In a statement to Cruise Radio, Carnival indicated that it took them longer than it might have to find the surveillance footage because at first they were looking for someone in a particular color of shirt. But later they were told, you know, oh, you know what, he may have changed. And so that gave them, you know, something different to look for. And that is when they were able to locate him on the security footage. Uh, The search was eventually called off Monday night because of the high winds and rough seas. Then it started again the next day. Unfortunately, he was not found. The ship was eventually released by the Coast Guard and continued on with the rest of its itinerary. But he is presumed missing and dead at sea at this point. Mm -hmm. 617,000 square miles. That's how big the Gulf of Mexico is. Wow. There's a trivial pursuit question for you. Margaritaville at sea, Jimmy Buffett's cruise line. 
going a little bit longer come 2024. Yeah, if you've ever wanted to spend more time in Margaritaville, here's your chance. Because starting in August of 2024, Margaritaville at Sea is going to be hosting three-day sailings on their ship, the Margaritaville at Sea Paradise. These sailings will leave on Friday and return from Grand Bahamas on Monday morning, and there'll be a full sea day in between. Their normal sailings are two nights, and they'll still be doing those uh, every Monday and Wednesday with the three-day leaving on Friday. The company said that this extra day will give people time to, and I quote, fully explore the Margaritaville at Sea experience. And they said that um, there will be new food and entertainment options added. They didn't really get into any details about what those might be. So if you're, uh, you know, if you want to give it a try, that's a three-day sailing. Now, you know, I, I... kind of have not been overly impressed by what I've seen by this particular brand uh, or rebranding of the old Bahamas Paradise ships. So I don't know that I need that extra day, but hey, if you're if you're you know looking for a weekend getaway, this might be right up your alley. Well, in just a few minutes, Tommy Casabona is going to talk about his sailing on it last week. So uh, you'll have to see if, you're, uh, if your thoughts change after hearing his review. Oh, I look forward to that. To wrap it up, a new Disney Cruise Line terminal is in Florida. Yeah, so this will give Disney fans a new you know, destination to check off their list. It's their second terminal following on the heels of the one they have at Port Canaveral. And I know it's going to sound weird to some listeners to call a cruise ship terminal a bucket list destination, but I guarantee you there are Disney fans out there who, you know, they're in Florida anyway, and they will want to check out this new port, even if they're not getting on a ship and they're not sailing. That's just, you know, the appeal of Disney. And it is, as with everything Disney does, it is different. You know, like it's certainly a lot more special than sailing out of, say, the New York terminal. There's, you know, it's all done with a Finding Nemo um, kind of motif. And they have, when you're walking to go to embark on your ship, you go through a giant set of mouse ears. It's very much in keeping with the Disney brand and the Disney magic and everything that you think of when it comes to Disney. Uh, The Disney Dream is going to start sailing from the Port Everglades terminal on November 20th. And the Disney Magic will follow starting in May of 2024. Um, These cruises are going to be mostly like three, four, five-night trips to the Bahamas and the Caribbean. Uh, Starting in the fall of 2023, there will be at least one ship homeported at Port Everglades year-round, which makes sense. If you're going to have a terminal like that, you don't want to leave it empty at all. So at least one ship will be there year-round, and a second ship will sail seasonally out of the area beginning in 2025. All right. Well, on that note, staff writer Richard Sims, uh, we might talk next week. We might not. Thanksgiving is next Thursday, and I'm going to go over to Salt Lake City for a couple of days. So if I don't talk to you, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. And to you, Doug. Have a question or a comment for the show? Yeah. Send an email or voice memo to Doug at CruiseRadio.net. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. 
How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. The world is constantly changing. Your place for news is still the same. Online and on demand at cruiseradio.net. Tommy Casabona from the Always Be Booked podcast joins us on the line as he just returned from a two-night cruise on the late Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville at Sea Paradise, and he's here to talk all about it. Hey, buddy. Hey, Doug. How are you? Good, man. Great to talk to you. So let's jump right in here. So we were talking before we started recording. You were telling me you've done basically every single phase of this cruise line along the way. Yeah, I've done a pretty good, I've had a pretty good sample size of the iterations of this particular cruise line because I did it in 15, which when they only had the uh, Bahama Paradise, uh, which was an old carnival ship. Then I did it a few years later again when they had the Grand Classica, which was an old Costa ship. Now that is the same ship that I just went on, but they refurbished it into Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville at sea. What was the driving factor of this two-night cruise? The price point? Yeah, it's pretty cheap and there's a lot of different options and honestly the best answer I can give you is that I'm a cruise junkie and I think this is what this particular cruise line is for. It's either for the brand new cruisers who want to dip their toe in or just the flat out cruise junkie like myself who just wants his couple of day fix on the water. Okay, I hear you. Doesn't this cruise line offer kind of like Frontier Airlines gives you a all you can fly past for 699? Is it like that? So they have a I believe right now it's 999 per year uh, per person uh and then you can sell as much as you want, except it can't be back to back. And you also do have to pay port charges, taxes. And for this particular option, they did come up with a booking fee, which could be between 20 and $40 as well, which I don't know where they came up with that from, but I guess it's just the way to uh, kind of recoup some money. But what they also do, and this is great. I mean, if you're a veteran out there, that same deal can be gotten for, I believe, $2.99 or $2.49 or something like that for the whole year. Okay, so you make your way to the Palm Beach cruise port. Now, pardon my ignorance here because I've never been to that area or to that port, rather. Is it like Miami or Lauderdale where you have the parking garage, the cruise terminal and the ship, but on a much smaller scale? It's very small. You get there. It's very convenient. I mean, one of the one of my favorite things about this thing, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, Doug, when I booked this cruise, I booked it. At 12.30 p.m. on the day I was sailing. So they told me all you have to do is get there by 3 o'clock. Okay, sign me up. I'm 35 minutes away. I drove there. But that's one of the best things about this cruise ship and this cruise line is that you pull right up, you park. And I'm telling you, when I say seven and a half minutes parking the car to being on the ship, that's probably not an exaggeration. How does this cruise line work in terms of embarkation paperwork? Is it zap, zap, you're on the ship like the big guys, or is it uh, more of like old school paper passport kind of thing? No, it's zap, zap, you're on the ship. 
There's really no online check-ins. There's really no anything. You just kind of do everything in the booking process. And then the finishing touches are right at the desk. They give you a card. You're on board. Do you want to pay $100? And then you get 10 drinks. That's the drink package. That's the only drink package there. So there's not a lot of extras to do uh, pre-cruise. Repeat that. 110 for the drink package. What'd you say? No, 100 for 10. So you get 100. If you pay $100, you get 10 cocktails. Okay, gotcha. When you walk on board this ship, what were your first impressions? I know you've, you've been on this ship before, um, but like, what could someone expect as they walk on to the? I mean, I've seen a big flip flop. Is that what it's, is that what you see when you walk on? Yeah, it's a it's so yeah. It's not. Listen, what are you gonna? You gotta again to anybody who's listening to this, who's thinking this is gonna be a Royal Caribbean uh, Oasis class experience. Of course, it's not. This is highly deep discounted cruising. And, you know, the way I look at it is that when you're sitting in a chair at the bar on the aft portion of the ship over a pool and you see the sunset's still the same, the wake is still the same. But, yes, when you get on the ship, you're not overwhelmed by a big atrium, by a big anything. It's basically a functional like – a, like a meeting room, like you'll do business in this room. It's not like anything that's going to impress you. There's the shore excursions desk. There's the guest services, and then yes, there is a big giant uh, flip flop when you walk in. Uh, you know, I guess in the whole Jimmy Buffett theme. So how's it working? You get on board the ship. Can you go straight to your room? Yes, uh, I was able to go straight to my room. I think in some cases, uh, th- I think this is a later boarding ship. I think it's. Uh, I think most people you can't get on till noon. I'm kind of like the late arrival guy anyway. I hate lines. I'll trade in a a, a late arrival for a line any day. But yeah, you get right. In, you go right on board. And you can go right to your room and um, chances are, since it's kind of a small ship, you're not having to walk too far either. Yeah. So yeah, it's like uh, built in like 1991, I think. So it's a kind of an old ship too. going to your stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you book? And also, how was your stateroom? Because I've seen I've seen scathing reviews of these staterooms on YouTube. I will say that the one area of, you know, again, I manage my expectations. I'm going to use that term a lot. I do use that term a lot. Uh, So I was tempered. I was not expecting anything great. But even taking my managed expectations into into play, there was one horrific thing that you dealt with. There was mold, significant mold on the threshold on the way to the shower. The room besides that was clean. It was fine. It was just funny because there were – there were bunk beds. The room can sleep probably seven or eight people. Other than the mold on the bathroom, it was fine. You know, yes, you had the shower curtain. The shower was small and it was an adventure. But again, I was just I was just happy to be at sea. But there was absolutely nothing wrong with the room besides that. It was clean. It had a fresh smell to it. Uh, the decor was not over the top. But it was it was not uh, anything to sneeze at either. It was absolutely fine. I, I enjoyed it. How has the ship evolved as far as uh, like maybe changes you could tell that were made since the last time you sailed the ship? Maybe the installation of USB plugs or anything like that. I believe there were. Oh shoot, was they? Yeah, no, they had USB plugs definitely. And uh, as far as plugging and connectivity, there was no problem. The internet was great too. Surprisingly, absolutely. I mean, the bed was very comfortable. Um, everything about the room was good. But yeah, te- technology-wise, it was good. The internet, I believe they charged, I think it was like an a la carte by day. I think it was like 
in the area of $30 or so a day. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it performed pretty well, performed a lot better than some of the some of the mainstream cruise lines I've been on. Really jumping into the 21st century with both feet there, huh? Yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about dining. I guess we'll start at the, the buffet like we always do. How was that and any kind of food outside of the buffet area by the pool deck? Okay, so the buffet was fine. Again, it was fine. It was presented well. It was neat. It was very similar, very, very comparable to any buffet that you're going to see. Now, it was smaller. That's for sure. There may not have been the same uh, level of um, selection that you might find on some of the larger ships, but they didn't need it. There was probably, I mean, I didn't feel like this was a full ship. I think it can hold around 1,800 people or so, maybe close to 2,000. Uh, it didn't feel like there were more than 1,000 people on the ship. So the buffet, uh, the food was tasty. They had a build-your-own-pasta station. They had the regular kind of rotisserie chicken. They had pizza. They had hot dogs. They had uh, you know, a good amount of vegetables. It was good. And then on the back of the ship, they had the uh, five o'clock somewhere bar, which also had a separate burger station. Think kind of like Guy's Burger. It wasn't on a Guy's Burger level, but, you know, you're at the five o'clock somewhere bar, you get a cocktail and then you go over and get yourself a you know, let's just call it what it is, a cheeseburger in paradise. I know that Buffett, I know when he had his partnership with NCL and they announced that about 10 years ago or so, he was really big into quality control. Could you tell the food was maybe a little better this time around than the last time you went on board? 100 yeah. percent. Definitely. Uh, and, you know, on the other there was like two specialty restaurants on the back of the ship uh, last time. Mm-hmm. And it was they were both open on very, very select hours. They were both for an upcharge. I think there was an Italian and, and another theme or whatever. Maybe it was a Mexican, but uh, my memory is a little fuzzy on that. But yes, it seemed like an overall tighter product for sure, 100%. Now, how about the main dining room? So the main dining room, I did the one night. And I have to tell you, it was good. You know what I'm saying? You go go into a main dining room on mainstream cruise lines nowadays, and sometimes you'll have a really, really good experience all around. Sometimes it'll be a little, eh, you know, it's, it's hit or, it can be hit or miss. Mm-hmm. This time I had a really, really good dish. The service was good. Uh, you know, it, it, nothing was, you know, there, nothing stood out as something like, oh yeah, this is why it's a discount cruise line. I got a uh, Caribbean marinated pork chop, really good vegetables, got a good dessert. Uh, the, the, um, what, what's what's his famous dessert that he does? I have no clue, man. The sponge cake. That's from Margaritaville, the song. So, that's yeah, right. the sponge cake, it was really good. Everything about the dining was good. They also have, you know, and I don't love that they charge for this, but at least it's a good product. Late night bites, they have a, a pizza restaurant. Now, they want it to be a sit-down restaurant. They have the servers kind of ready to go. The tables are all set. Nobody uses it for that. It's all people lining up for grab and go. And then it's basically, I think, 10 or $11, and they have like maybe five or six different types of pizza you can choose from, and it's really good pizza. I mean, are we going all you can eat in here, or is it kind of just uh, per slice? No, 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 no. They'll give you a pie. It's basically okay. uh, like a like a 14 inch pie they give you and you take most people like I was doing it was just kind of grabbing it. You pay the $11 with your card and you take it to your room and eat in shame. 
when this partnership came out, they were really toe in the line on the new stage shows they're rolling out on here. Did you catch any of the entertainment? Doug, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, when I cruise and I do cruise, uh, the entertainment, the shows are not my big thing. Mm-hmm. I did want to make sure I poked my head in a little bit and kind of watched for a little while. But like I did say, uh, let's just preface it like this. I did get the 10 drink package <laughs> and I did tip to a level where they were being very, very generous with the pours. So uh, as far as the stage shows go, I did pop in, but it was really, really kind of tough to watch. I will say that even for you know cruise ship standards, these these the shows were rough. I, 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 I definitely don't hesitate. You're going to see a better show in the karaoke room. And speaking of that, how was the entertainment outside of the theater around the ship? You know, it was cool. They did a lot of cool things. They had a bartender kind of do a flare bartender show on the on the Lido deck, the Lido deck, the pool deck. They did a fun sail away party. Uh, you know, this ship is very big on pickleball. Uh, not that that's entertainment, but I'm just thinking of features around the ship during the day. You know, the gym is a little lackluster, so I was going to go to the gym, and uh, I saw that they didn't even have elliptical machines, so I was kind of trying to figure out what. I was going to do, uh, maybe do a little quick little run around the track or whatever it was. And a gentleman just came up to me and asked me if I wanted to play pickleball. And I had never played pickleball in my life, but I joined him and had a pretty good fun 45 minutes of, uh, of, of, of sweating, uh, learning and taking part in a high level pickleball game at the back of the ship. They basically, a lot of the cruise ships, they know pickleball is kind of hot right now, uh, as, as a, as an activity, but, uh, this ship actually sets up a pickleball court. You can rent paddles. There's a permanent sign that says pickleball this way. They try to organize a lot of pickleball on this ship. Catch it. I guess they're riding that wave. Okay. How about the casino on this one? The casino is very, very small. So, well, I, you know what? I shouldn't say small. The room is basically the size of a regular casino, but it's a little awkward because they don't have as many tables and as many machines. So it's a little cavernous look and feel wise. The good thing about the casino is that they will do $5 blackjack at certain points, whereas most cruise ships, you, you know, you're at least kind of in that $10 area now. Um, and they do have some new age good slot machines, which I did take part in. And uh, I broke even. I was up $350 in slots. And I yes, I did put it all back. But you know, you're doing it for we're doing it for fun anyway, right, Doug? Yeah, I don't play I don't play blackjack or poker or anything like that. So is it so you can't play a $5 hand on a regular cruise ship anymore? No, typically not. I don't know if they do specials at any point when you can. I have not seen a $5 hand in, in a very long time. All right. I'm curious. What kind of crowd is on here? Like, what does this draw? Is it Parrothead Central or a little this, a little that? Not at all. I would say the crowd was great. I'm going to tell you something. This, Like I said, I was so happy with this cruise overall, if you're just kind of talking like how it netted out. Uh, the crowd was great. You had a, a mix of every... Well, you have young people, old people, seasoned cruisers, new cruisers. I mean, I made a good amount of friends. And I have to say, I got to give a shout out to Arif at the back of the ship. Uh, this bartender is amazing because, you know, it's what I'm in the hospitality industry. And, you know, when I was doing more on the bar end of things and the nightclub end of things, any bartender can learn how to make drinks. What a bartender really needs to do is kind of create an environment, create a vibe. This guy must have married me off to about five or six different women on this ship at some point. He was just, 
he would, he, one would come up and he would say, oh, your husband Thomas is over here. And then next thing you know, I'd be in a 10, 15 minute conversation with somebody else. And then I'd see people around the ship. Oh, look, it's my husband. How you doing? I mean, this guy, he, this is what he did. He was very, very good at what he did. But uh, just everybody that kind of came across that bar, it was just a very, very pleasant. Again, Doug, you know me. You know my style of cruising. Back of the ship, near the pool, at the bar, wake, sunset. This ship nailed that every single time. And uh, yeah, the crowd I found to be great. Even I, I made it to the nightclub the first night. Now, I was starting a brand new job the day not not the day before, the day I got back. Uh, so I kept it a little clean the night two. But night one, the nightclub was rocking and rolling. It was a very, very, I had the thought. It was so diverse and so fun and so positive. I saw people dancing with each other that, you know, it was just like, I was like, you know, the world right now, the condition of the world right now could take a lesson from cruise ships because it's just, it was really, really almost euphoric seeing how everybody just got along so well and everybody just had these big smiles. Uh, and that was in the nightclub, one in the morning. It was, it was a really good time. Yeah, it's always a different dynamic at sea than what you see on, on TV for the most part, at least. Uh, speaking of uh, earlier, we were talking about changes in the, uh, the dining room and the staterooms and such. Did you notice any changes in the entertainment venues since the last time you cruised? Not really. So the nightclub is still the nightclub. The, it was yeah they changed up the decor a little bit maybe the music's a little bit more current the dj was really good um the bartenders were fun uh, the bartenders were so approachable i've already met uh, people who i've met on this cruise two weeks ago have already visited me at work at my new job since i've been off this sailing i mean it was just so communal and all, all these venues that whether it was the main i think it's called euphoria is the the main bar area it's almost like it was like the main three areas were like the piano bar which was sort of like if you can compare it to uh that part of the norwegian ships the older norwegian ships in the front the spinnaker lounge mm -hmm. you know what i mean they had it was kind of like a spinnaker lounge uh, the euphoria area was second level, but it was almost like your main atrium. Like if you wanted to compare it to a extra poor man's version of celebration central. And then you had the nightclub, which was the nightclub. You had the F pool, which was the F pool. And it was pretty much laid out the same exact way as um, the previous iteration of this, of this cruise ship. Yeah. But it was phenomenal. The whole thing. Awesome. That's good to hear. Now, did you get off the ship and hang out in Freeport at all? Doug, I stayed right on that bar stool all through Freeport. Now, I didn't do that on purpose. I told myself I was going to get off. I wasn't going to go crazy and do any snorkeling or parasailing or anything, but I was going to walk around the cruise port to see what it was, see what it looked like. But I just got that cheese. But I, first of all, I played the pickleball, got a nice sweat, felt really good after that, got a coffee. And my plan was to get a cheeseburger, get a drink, and then get off the ship. But I got that cheeseburger. I got that drink. I parked myself at that bar with an absolutely gorgeous view of Carnival Legend. And I just enjoyed it. I just really enjoyed it and stayed right there. Got into a couple of conversations with some people. And there was really no reason to go anywhere. Is the cheeseburger in paradise, is that part of the cruise fare or is it a, a little add-on? No, that's free. You just grab and go. Um, great fixings bar. It was, it was, it was good. It was, it was laid out perfectly. Everybody and the staff was just so friendly. They, that's one thing that I think is going to, you know, what I'm told is that this cruise line, this cruise ship is going to uh, really, really cater to veterans, teachers, and uh, they're really going to, and, and gamblers, because they're going to do a lot of uh, gam gambling packages, uh, casino deals and offers. And um, what, what their real calling card is, is how good the staff is. 
you know, it's very, very impressive that they found such kind of a real personable, prideful staff working on this cruise ship. You know, it's just, and a lot of them, I would speak to a lot of them and they all said they did other cruise lines and, you know, they were very, very happy where they are. Some, there was, was one uh, young lady who was back there, uh, Natalia. She has had done Seaborn and Celebrity, and this was her favorite cru- cruise line to work for. Wow. So you didn't get off the ship. You kind of hung out on board during Freeport. The next day, you're back in Florida. So how was that debark process? The debark process was a little, mm, yeah, little chaotic. That was a little chaotic. They clearly have some, I guess, technical issues with the computers or whatever, because I went to, you know, get off the ship because, like I said, I was starting a new job that day. So I wanted to be one of the first ones off, and I had achieved that goal, except for the fact that I get there and I they swipe my card as they do on the way out. And they said, you have to go back to guest services. I went back to guest services, waited in a line for about 25 minutes, only for me to get there. They take my card and say, Okay, no, you're good. There was a, there was a, that was a mistake. So now not only do I have to wait on that line, now I got to wait on another line to get off the ship since everybody else is getting off the ship. And that set me back. So I was a little nervous because I had to be at work at noon. So it was cutting a little bit close and it was slow. And man, I, I just think all these cruise ports, they got to get on board with that facial recognition reentry. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, certainly. Was there a cruise director on board? There was a cruise director. Uh, he, yeah, he, and again, it's it's very he was very kind of loose with his words. You could tell it wasn't as PC as a lot of them. He was I think I heard a couple of swear words come out, not necessarily ill like ill intended or anything like that, but just because of oh, you know what? Yeah, you know. He was he was feeling he was feeling the vibe. So I think uh it, it wasn't anything too over over the top offensive. It was actually kind of refreshing that, you know, it wasn't so by the book and so, you know, structured. And, you know, it was, it was just a good time. The cruise director was phenomenal. Now, how about as far as the smoke situation in and around the casino? How was that? Well, here's where uh, I don't want to lie to you. I don't necessarily know. Knowing you were going to ask this question, of course, I probably should have had an answer prepared. Uh, but that was after, I don't know, definitely wearing out the drink package and then then some after that on that particular day. So I don't remember it being, and I'm not, I'm not a smoker. I do not like being in situations where there is a lot of smoke. So I can tell you that I do not have any recollection of having a lot of offensive smoke uh, come my way. So you're off the ship, you're uh, heading back to your new job. So we're looking back at this cruise then. Do you have any first time tips to offer anyone who may be considering saying, what the heck, we're going to try it for the weekend? Yes, it's a getaway, guys. It's just basically you're going to get on a cruise ship and you are going to get your fix of the sea, the sun, some drinks and some real relaxation. If you're looking for the newest and hottest and latest innovations in cruising, you are going to be disappointed. But if you really, you know, if, if we, you know, we, we as cruisers, we all, I use a thing called PCB. I call it pure cruise bliss. When you get out there and everything seems right in the world with the sun going down, you're looking over the side of the ship and you're just seeing those waves hit the side of the side of the side of the hull. And that's really why a lot of us cruise. And in that regard, you're going to get your money's worth. You know, just don't have all, all sorts of expectations. The food is fine. The rooms are fine. And you're going to have a good time if you really, really, really want to get away on a 
I mean, beautiful cruise at a great price. I was talking to someone the other day. I, I think it was in the building here. I can't remember who it was, though. And we were talking about the very first time we stepped on a ship. Do you still get that? Like for me, actually, I was telling my therapist this. When I walk on a ship, I could actually like I still feel that same excitement as I felt the very first time when I was a kid. I don't have a lot of memories of a lot of my past in my life, but that one is just so clear and so vivid. Do you still have that excitement every time you walk on a ship? I really do. Without hesitation, absolutely. I mean, the camera's out. It's it's almost like there's a metamorphosis. The minute you get on, leave that, you know, what, what do you call it? The gangway, basically, uh, the bridge. And your first step onto that cruise ship, you know you're at sea. You can't be disturbed. Something you that's it. You're fully immersed in, I mean, just everything cruising and it does not get old and it is special each and every single time. When you're paying that cheap rate, are they feeing you to death with this, that, and the other? No, nothing, no. nothing. Um, really, uh, like I said, of course you have to pay for the drinks and they give you a little bit of a break. They don't let you buy some you know, drink package. They used to let you buy a bottle. On the second time I did it, I remember it was kind of sad. I just purchased this bottle because economically it made sense. But now you got a bottle of Stoli vodka and wherever you go – it was a very, very good service, but I was solo cruising. But I'm walking around with this bottle in my pocket by myself. <laughs> Any bar you go to, you pop the bottle on top of the bar, and they come at you with ice mixers, fruit, and boom. Now you're set up sitting at the bar. And I'm like, it's a little strange. It's very nice, a little strange, but it's a little um, it's a little much. And I think I paid maybe around $130, $140 for that bottle. I think this is a much cleaner, more efficient way to do it. You're not getting a great, great discount. Uh, you're not getting an unlimited anything. But I will say this, and you know, maybe shouldn't say it, but let's just say you put that twenty into that bartender's hands. That ten drinks is gonna is gonna go a long way for you. What are your thoughts, like coming from the hospitality industry of of paying hundred and forty dollars for a bottle? Though for me, you know, I'm a Tito's kind of guy, and you know, when Carnival has it for hundred and fifty, it's been tempting at times just to kind of you know not have to run back and forth to the bar, but I just can't justify paying that one fifty. It's not. Um, it, it's financially, I think it's worth it. Yeah. If you're talking dollar for dollar, if you buy that bottle, I think if you were talking just straight economics, it's worth it for you. But we gotta be serious. I've done the homework, mm -hmm. and there is just something to be said that you can't place a monetary value on not caring, just going in. Yeah, give me another one. Not having to worry about going to your room. Not having to make your own drink. It's sort of like this is. I don't know how you feel about this. I, I realized during the pandemic when when the money starts to drain from the account, I learned about myself that the Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee is going to be one of the last things to go. You know what I mean? I'm going. I'm going to the wall. Because it, they just make it for you. They present it how you're used to being presented. It's just, yeah, can you save money by making your own coffee? Yeah, yeah. but it's not the same as just getting that Dunkin' Donuts 32-ounce iced coffee from the window. Same thing on the cruise ship. You just go there. It's, it's plug and play. You're not worried about your bill. You're not worried about running around and having to, oh, did I put too much ice in? Did I put not enough ice in? They got it. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> I think it's worth it to get the drink package. And I think the cruise lines know that too, as you see these prices start to creep up and up and up, especially on like Royal Caribbean. Interesting thoughts there. Very good. Uh, looking back, what was the biggest highlight of this cruise for you? Biggest highlight of this cruise was absolutely, uh, I would say, 
the bartender again I, I had a lot of wives on this on this cruise <laughs> but you know there was one in particular that the bartender introduced me to i she left she went somewhere else and i stayed at the bar and then on the way before dinner, I was kind of like, as the sun just went down, walking back to my room, but I was on the Lido deck, came across her. She she remembered me. She's like, oh, wait, you're my husband. We sat there and we talked. I learned a lot about her from Chicago in Miami, the whole bit. She's got a couple of businesses and we just had, uh, we just weren't, neither one of us was were planning on spending two and a half hours at the Lido deck as the night went on and we probably both missed our dinner. Um, but it was just a great moment. It was a great night. It was a great time. And honestly, if I had to encapsulate everything, everything about the back of that ship was everything that I look for in cruising. Like you said, cruise bliss. Pure cruise bliss. Yeah. Final thoughts of the ship. Do it. Definitely give it a try. Manage the expectations. Even the parking. You drive right up. Uh, yes, it's 50 bucks, but they park your car. Uh, you have your car when you get off the ship right away, so it's no problem. If you want to talk about just you know everything you don't like about cruising, uh, the whole waiting, hurry up and wait for this, check in for that, stand in this line. You kind of eliminate all of that with this cruise line. And if you really are just looking to connect with the sea, I'm telling you, you can get on this thing for 99 bucks a person plus obviously, you know, tax uh, fees and port charges. I quoted it today, Doug. I was almost going to go on it today. I looked at the weather, opted not to, but I could have been all in with this ship, gratuities, everything included, $205. Nice. Uh, I just decided not to because it didn't look like it was going to be that nice out, but I'll be doing it again in the next couple of weeks. Tommy Casabona from the Always Be Booked Cruise Podcast. Now, is that still coming out on a regular basis? It is. I took on a partner. Shout out to Ryan Q. We, we got a little back and forth going. YouTube's still up and... uh the podcast is as good as ever. I love it. Tommy, good talking to you, my friend. Absolutely. Thanks, Doug. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.